It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Hey, and welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the episode. Uh, I do hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the entire series. You get three brand new interviews every single week, new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover those new ones. All the usual uh, places that include Spotify, Apple Podcast, at NPR, WFPK.org, Consequence, uh, of course, YouTube for the video versions. Anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Some of my recent guests have included Neil deGrasse Tyson, Dolly Parton, Rufus Wainwright, Gavin Rosdell, Bush, Johnny Marr from The Smiths, uh, Art Alexakis from Everclear, Paul Rogers of Bad Company. We had The Kills on, the filmmakers behind Pain Hustlers uh, on Netflix and Lessons in Chemistry on Apple TV+. We talked with Brandon Flowers of The Killers, Japanese House, Chris Shiflett from the Foo Fighters, Liz Fair, Sarah Silverman, Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses, and Felicia Day. Just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith With podcast. That's me, Kyle Meredith, today talking with director Francis Lawrence about The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. This is the, uh, the prequel the prequel that uh, stars Tom Blythe and Rachel uh, Zegler, uh, and uh, it, star- it, it serves as an origin story to the villain Coriolanus Snow, you know, Snow, uh, the, the evil tyrant leader of the original series. And it takes place 64 years before, that, uh, before the Jennifer Lawrence starring run of the story. So Francis is, uh, who he also directed, by the way, uh, some of the other Hunger Games movies, uh, Catching Fire and both of the Mockingjays, part one and part two. We're going to discuss uh, how uh, music is a much bigger focus this time around, working with Dave Cobb, who I love his work uh, to bring the songs to life, casting Rachel Zegler, who performs the hell out of these songs on screen, uh, as well as getting to hear about the origins of the, uh, the Hanging Tree, that song The Hanging Tree, which uh, Jennifer Lawrence famously sang before. Francis also tells us what it was like to tell a story where we know, at least somewhat, 
how it's got to end, right? It's a prequel, along with the reflections of bigger social and political themes that serve as the movie's undercurrent. And rounding out the main cast, uh, Jason Schwartzman, Viola Davis, and Peter Dinklage, I want to ask about what it was like directing them because they all give incredible performances. And he'll even tip us off about the hours of extra footage he has of Jason Schwartzman on his time in front of the camera. All that and more as we get into The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. It's Kyle Meredith with Francis Lawrence. Hey, how are you? Sorry, I'm looking at the albums you've got there. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say at the top that I'm such a big fan of the music videos that you've done in the past that I feel like this somehow ended up appropriate today. So uh, who's, yeah. who's below Who's below Prince? I can't see. That's Bowie it, right there. Oh, it's Bowie, right. Yeah, I, I, I just saw the name. Yeah, Bowie. R.E.M. Depeche Mode. Yeah, we got the. Nice. I try to I keep it Depeche classy Depeche around here. Yeah, we were just talking about Depeche Mode today. Well, let me say um, on the on the, on the bigger subject at hand here, what a fantastic movie this new Hunger Games uh, film is. You, you, you know, we, we as fans never know what we're going to get when we go into this. It's something like a prequel, especially. I came out of it thinking, I think I like this even better than the original run. Like this, this darkness that this this whole story. How much? How much did you want to consider the original movies when going into something like this? Um, you know, I'm always considering them. And I think, you know, part of what's in the DNA of this movie is, is you are getting a lot of the origins of the things that we know from the other stories in the movies. I think you're learning new things about characters that, you know, end up in the other movies. Um, and so I think once you've gone through this experience, you can kind of go back to the other stories and movies and you might think of certain things in a different way. So in that way, I was considering the other movies, but part of the fun of this one, and when I knew there was a new book and that it was set 64 years before the first um, of the books, that I had an opportunity to like really do something new, you know, to sort of world build in a very different way and look at kind of like a reconstruction era of a city post-war and to think of the, you know, the hair and the makeup and the wardrobe completely different. Obviously it's a very different kind of story on its own too. We're telling the origin of a villain. Um, so it was a really new way of making a Hunger Games movie that felt really fresh. Yeah, that world building, by the way, like, I don't know if you would, Call it retro futurism specifically, but I, I love kind of is, yes. that look. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Well, uh, and and I'll get to the the villain, you know. But but as we were just talking about this, I want to go ahead and bring up because because the the soundtracks were iconic the last time around, and 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 there was music, of course, um, you know, and and Jennifer Lawrence with the Hanging Tree. I'm here in Louisville, so hometown girl. Little shout out there. But music gets to be so much more of a focus this time around. I try to follow anything Dave Cobb puts out. And when I heard that you were working with him on this, how did you want, how, how did you want the music to be a part of it? Because it's one thing to be on the page, right? To make something original come to life can be a little tricky. Yeah. I mean, you know, the good thing is that Suzanne had a, like a very strong sense of what the music was going to be like. Right. And district 12 is, if you look at America, really basically West Virginia, you know, and so you get that kind of Appalachian sound and she's a huge fan of country music, has a lot of knowledge of it. She turned me on to the Ken Burns documentary of country music. And so I really fell in love with that sound, that like Carter family sound, all from the 20s and the 30s, Mabel Carter, the Carter Scratch, all of that. 
So we then decided to work with Dave Cobb. Dave Cobb obviously, obviously gets, you know, all of this. And I had conversations with him about the sound and the feeling of the songs. And Suzanne had conversations about her references for the songs that she created. And then Dave went off and it was so fun to watch. He went off and he wrote the chord progressions, the melodies, and put this great band together with, you know, Molly Tuttle on guitar and, you know, based on the orchestration of what this band would be. And he wrote the songs, you know, so Suzanne did the lyrics, but Dave did the music and they recorded it in this like house in Savannah. So it's not, you know, in some big recording studio or something. So it had that kind of, as he would say, that sort of Alan Lomax recording sound like you're on a porch somewhere. Um, and then Rachel, who's an amazing singer, um, sort of fell right in. You know, we didn't know how much sort of fine tuning we were going to have to do with her to get that sound for the specific genre we're looking at, but she got it instantly and then was able to sing everything live on the day. So that was, it, it kind of came together seamlessly. Dave would probably say there was more stress on his part because he was actually writing the music. But from my perspective, it really was a seamless, a seamless process. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A S T E P R O allergy.com. That's A S T E P R O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Francis Lawrence. It's, I, I, was, I hadn't really considered that like when you're, I guess when you're casting, finding someone who not just can sing because lots of people can sing, but can sing something like this. I mean, we've seen Rachel do some stuff in the past, you know, West Side Story, et cetera, like that. I mean, she, she is... When it comes out of her mouth, it's incredible. Like I felt what the characters were feeling, you know, right. in those first scenes. Yes. When you say it came natural to her, I mean, is it is that real, like she steps in and like she gets it? Well, singing is very natural and very easy for her. And I think that the thing, the only thing we worried about was whether or not she could like hit the tone. Cause you know, West Side Story is a very specific kind of music and tone, you know, that sort of Broadway sound. And this is, you know, that sort of authentic Southern West Virginia kind of sound, which she totally nailed. But what she's also really good at and what helped with her singing live is that then she could bring the emotion of being an actress in a very specific scene into the music as well. And that's where I think she just kind of nailed it. You know, you mentioned something earlier about how you, I, I think what you were saying is how you got to reconsider some of the stuff from the original movies because of the, the story you were telling. You know, when we talk about the songs and, and the hanging tree became so iconic. Right. And and it gets to kind of make a little little sneak peek back in, in this movie here. Does the theme, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm talking like how the themes speak to each other. Is that one of the moments where it gets to do something like that? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think part of the fun of this and, you know, the sort of origin aspect of this movie is you get to see the origin of The Hanging Tree. You know, The Hanging Tree became such a, a, a favorite song from the other movies and with Jen singing it. But, you know, when she was doing it, the, the whole idea is that she's not a performer. She's not a singer. She's just a normal girl who's singing a song that has been passed down through generations. Here we get to see, oh, it's actually created by Lucy Gray right, who's been to a hanging at the hanging tree. So we get to see the hanging tree, we get to see the hanging tree in action, we get to see the girl who's writing that song for the first time, you know, and there's even little subtle differences. I think Dave, I forget exactly which one, but Dave like shifted a note here or there from the melody a little. So it's just slightly different than the version that Jen sings. Well, especially, you know, in the old folk style, I mean, 65 years, things are gonna change a little yeah, bit. Love, a little bit, yeah. yeah. I love that. Uh, of course, on to snow, and this is the origin story, you know, and and to some degree, it's it's a prequel, uh, and and we know how he turns out, right? I mean, to some degree, you go, well, this can't end well, <laughs> so it's more about the journey, I guess, getting there. But I will tell you that um, I spent most of the movie really liking him, and somewhere in the back of my mind, going, maybe it'll turn out different. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe Titanic won't sink at the end this time. <laughs> That's got to be tricky, though, right? Because, you know, from your point of view, I mean, the story has been told in the book, sure. But from your point of view, you you have to lead us somewhere, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we know and knew going in, we were dealing with having to tell the story of the person that everybody hates from the first series, right? Because he's the villain of the first series. And everybody's going to know where he's going to end up. Um, and it is part of the journey, like you said, really figuring out how that journey becomes surprising. I think the trick was making sure that we created a character that we could get the audience behind, that we could get the audience rooting for, and that we could get the audience empathizing with up front. We have to, though, at the same time, make sure we have the breadcrumbs in there of his need for ambition, his need for power, the greed, all those elements, the darkness that's that's within. You have to understand that that stuff's there so that when you get to the end and you see him go dark, which is very satisfying, that you believe it and then it feels honest and authentic. And Tom was so good. Yeah, he's great. Yes. He's I was just watching. I, I'd just seen him in the Billy the Kid series that he had done, I think, last year. And oh, man, uh, kids got range. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. He's a very, very talented actor. Um, th those original movies, whether they meant to or not, ended up speaking for an era, yeah. uh, especially in our own world. That that seemed to be an amplified thing. You know, as I think about this one, and especially what we've seen over the past few years in the rear view, do you find that this movie gets to speak for something like that in this in this bigger social political sense? I, I do. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that Suzanne does best is she always writes these books that are like thematically based. She finds themes and things she wants to talk about and write about first and then creates the stories and the characters around them. And, you know, the first set of books were all about the consequence of war, which sadly is always relevant. This one, she started to sense sort of a polarization, not just of the United States, but a polarization of the world where people are at sort of extremes and decided to write a story about the state of nature debate, right? This idea of like, are we as humans uh, innately savage and brutal or are we innately good and deserving of rights and freedoms? And it's unfortunately always a relevant debate. And so I think that's what makes it relevant now. But, you know, the truth is, is like these have been relevant themes for thousands of years. And we'll be right back right after this. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Francis Lawrence. And it's interesting when we look back on on Eris too, you know, looking back in time and you see all the art that came out that didn't mean to speak as this one thing, but you know, the the Margaret Atwood stuff, you know, in the past decade and something like this. Like I try I'm trying to see us 10 years from now and looking back and 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 I don't know if you if you even allow yourself to do that, like what this movie's going to mean 10 years from now in the past. 
Yeah, that's that's a hard one. I mean, you know, the, you know, my goal is always to sort of entertain and 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 have a sort of satisfying piece of 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 you know storytelling, but also you ideally want people to sort of think and feel the kind of heft and weight. And but it's always hard to predict later. I mean, I will say, you know, being a part of the Hunger Games and when we were coming out of the Mockingjays, and suddenly there were all these like sort of, you know, rebellions around the world and people started using the three finger salute from the movies as kind of an act of rebellion is, you know, it's moving, it's scary, um, it's sad that there's the need for that. Um, uh, and so like, you know, but that's not something we could have ever predicted. Right, which is just incredible when that kind of takes off on its own. Yes. Um, yeah, but, I mean, that, that salute in some countries actually became illegal. Is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, because it was a sign of rebellion. Wow. Yes. That's something to, yeah. Yeah, because, and but, you know, to some degree, it's, it, you know, as, as songwriters say often, once I write the song, it's out of my hands. Exactly. But to see what that comes to mean on top of that, like, that's yeah. that's got to be some kind of, I don't know if weight's the right word, but it's heavy. It is, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I also want to you know, mentioned some of these other folks, uh, Jason Schwartzman, uh, Peter Dinklage, Viola Davis, any line that comes out of their mouth, it's incredible watching them act. Do you have to do much work <laughs> when directing these folks? No, I mean, honestly, I think more of the work with these people is upfront, right? So, you know, when Viola came in, it's like sharing, sharing like the th the thematic tie her character has to the themes of the story. Um, I had some references for the kind of, you know, character I thought um, she was, you know, and you sort of find this kind of shared vision um, and then collaborate. And then luckily, you know, when they're that talented, you kind of get to sit back and watch. You know, Jason was a little different in that he was really game and he signed on, but then I wanted to kind of enlist him to help build the role out. A lot of what you see in the movie was not in the script. And so uh, he worked with me, he worked with the writer, Mike Leslie, um, and really did a lot of research in, you know, newscasters, weathermen, hosts, vaudevillian, magicians, and pulled all these little details and then came up with a bunch of ideas. and. And so there was a lot of work into coming up with the stuff. And we have hours and hours and hours of more footage of Jason trying different things. So, you know, it's like on the day with him, it's more picking and choosing like what stuff to try. With Viola, it was really having those initial conversations and then like, okay, now go do your thing. So yeah. very little, ideally with any actor, you have very little adjustment on the day. It's incredible. I love the whole movie. Uh, Francis, thank you so much for uh, doing what you do and especially taking the time to talk about it. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. And my thanks to Francis Lawrence, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes in theaters now. Thanks, of course, to you for checking out the episode. Again, please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the entire series. You're going to get three brand new interviews sent to you every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover those new ones. Again, you can do so at Spotify, at Apple Podcast, at uh, NPR, at Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And then after that, head over to WFPK.org. 
That's right, do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You get four hours of classics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. There's the best in new music, bonus interviews, lots of music news as well. Uh, one of my recent shows had the music of uh, Fleetwood Mac, Cowboy Junkies, Jane Birkin, Margot Price, The Thrills, Violent Femmes, The Clash, Imogen Heap, Charlotte Gainsbourg, Gomez, Soul to Soul, The Who, Bruce Springsteen, Kirsty McCall, The Deers, Foo Fighters, uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Not a Surf, Iron and Wine, Air, Nirvana, Future Islands, Jack White, Boy Genius, The Vaccines, Crash Test Dummies, Juliana Hatfield, and my interview with Josh Radner, who you'll know from uh, How I Met Your Mother and Fleischman is in Trouble. Just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m. Eastern only at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also catch me on any of the social media sites. The address is always the same, at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. And that does it. For another edition, I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Stay big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.